0: Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Looking forward to seeing you in Cornerbrook this coming Thursday, November 16th at 6 p.m. for our special live broadcast of Mi'kmaq Matters. Details later in the show. This week, Justin Brake. Many of you know Justin Brake as a member of the Mi'kmaq community in Newfoundland and as editor of the online publication TheIndependent.ca. He has covered Halibut News and has received journalism awards and criminal charges for his coverage of the protests against the Muskrat Falls hydro project. Now he's moving from Benoit's Cove to Halifax to become Atlantic correspondent for the Aboriginal People's Television Network. That's good news for Justin Brake, of course, but it has political significance also. One of ours now occupies the most important job in Atlantic Canada for Aboriginal News. His beat will be virtually all of Mi'kma'ki. The relationship between Mi'kmaq people in Newfoundland and the rest of Atlantic Canada, Nova Scotia especially, has been strained because of the creation of the Halibut Band. Perhaps having one of our own in such a crucial position will help break down the barriers. And hopefully, we'll be seeing more stories about Mi'kmaq issues in Newfoundland on APTN. I spoke with Justin Brake from Winnipeg, where he's doing a couple of weeks of training at APTN headquarters before taking over the Halifax Bureau. I asked him how the job came to be and what it means for him and for us. Tell us how this uh, new job came to be.
1: Yeah, thank you. Trina Roach, uh, who has been the uh, the Atlantic uh, reporter correspondent for APTN and National News the past few years, uh, made the move to the investigative unit of APTN. And uh, so when I saw that uh, happened, I, I knew that there would be a position opening up at APTN soon. So I, I gave it some serious thought. And after uh, uh, many deliberations and discussions with my family, uh decided that I would uh, throw my name in the hat for that uh, that job.
0: Of course, uh, many of our listeners will be familiar with uh, with Trina and uh, in particular her series um, that she did earlier in the year on the Halibu experience. Uh, so you and she will be, um, I guess, working fairly close together going forward.
1: We'll both be working out of the Halifax Bureau. That's right. Yeah, I'm actually uh, in the process of packing up to make the move to Halifax. Um, and so Trina will still be there in Halifax, uh, which is going to be a, a great uh, benefit to, to me, not only, uh, you know, having the privilege of working with her. She's an excellent journalist, um, but also, uh, you know, being able to, uh Tap into her knowledge and experience uh, of the region uh, where she's been reporting for the past uh, several years. So that's uh, so I'm looking forward to it. And then we'll also be accompanied there at the Halifax bureau by James uh, Robinson, the camera guy for APTN at that bureau. And uh, James and Trina were actually nominated uh, for an award at the Canadian Association of Journalists gala last earlier this year. Uh, so I'm getting you know a great opportunity to work with two uh, two excellent journalists.
0: Now how does this uh change your uh your journalism coverage area? You've been uh, with the Independent. Uh you've done a lot of coverage from from Labrador as well as uh issues uh on the island and now you're responsible for covering covering um uh, all four provinces uh plus uh, I guess almost all of Micmac. So uh what's uh what will be the difference between um the new job and uh your previous gig?
1: yeah, well obviously the independent is uh, newfoundland and labrador specific publication so our the scope of our coverage uh, like geographically and politically um was for the most part uh events and topics to do with Newfoundland and labrador so now that I'm moving to Halifax and uh yeah taking over this uh you know jumping into this role that is a huge coverage area of all of the atlantic provinces uh uh including labrador and newfoundland um uh, yeah it's, there's going to be a lot to, it's a lot to cover it's a big space and region to cover and there are uh, various indigenous groups to cover and communities within that region uh at the same time um you know moving from newfoundland and labrador specifically to the atlantic region is uh, broadening that but the scope in terms of uh, you know content and subject matter is uh, going to be narrowed for me where I was not uh, just on an aboriginal beat before I will be now so you know um, APTN's motto is to uh, tell tell the stories that others won't and of course we know uh, that traditionally uh, mainstream media have not Necessarily done an adequate job in terms of the amount or quality of coverage of uh, Aboriginal uh, issues and struggles uh-huh. and uh, and of the Aboriginal communities. So, so that's a that's a real honor and a privilege because that's the way I've sort of been gravitating my own journalism, my own editorial decisions as of late, just because there are such enormous. Mm. Uh, and important stories that are that I found I thought were being underreported in the right. province.
0: In terms of um, the Mi'kmaq experience in uh, in central and western Newfoundland, um, of course, there isn't a great deal. Uh, we remember the special series that Trina Roach did uh, earlier this year, which was uh, a great contribution. Um, in terms of uh, the Mi'kmaq story, our Mi'kmaq story in Western Newfoundland, what do you see the stories there to be covered?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think the biggest, yeah, I think the biggest story is obviously the, you know, uh, the the enrollment process, but I don't, at the same time, when I say that, I don't think that the enrollment process is a single story. When we're talking about the Halu Mi'kmaq First Nation band, the formation, the enrollment, we also get into issues of identity. That's what's central to that. And, uh, as a person, um, of, uh, Mi'kmaq descent, you know, I, I, I'm constantly looking for ways to honor my ancestors and to find out, um, you know, what responsibilities I carry as a, as a, as a person of Mi'kmaq descent. And, And I think a lot of people, I think tens of thousands of people are, are in the same shoes. And, uh, so it's, it's, uh, you know i regard that as an honor and also a huge responsibility so as i you know uh continue to follow the enrollment controversy um i, I hope that uh, what i can bring to um aptn's readers and viewers is uh is a depth of understanding um or even a depth of inquisitiveness in in all of this, because I don't have all my own answers. So I don't uh, I come in being very inquisitive and being uh, closely tied to that story because this is my lived experience. Uh, so I you know I can't tell you what all the stories are going to be, but I can tell you that I I'm looking forward to covering it and that yes. there will be. I think, many stories uh, that will come out of it because right. it is a very complex and nuanced yes. uh, issue.
0: And do you think uh, sometimes the enrollment story overshadows other story where quite, I mean, justifiably, it it uh, does take a lot of our attention because many people's lives are at stake and there's a lot wrapped up in the enrollment process and uh, who has a status card and who does not. But do you think that other stories, it it sort of uh, overshadows other other stories that... Um, might be there in terms of uh, economic development. We have uh, the Halibut Band, of course, involved in various um, uh, bids for for uh, for uh, quotas, for fish quotas in the fisheries. There are all that stuff going on, but it seems that uh, the attention is pretty much uh, almost exclusively focused on enrollment.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess that, uh, you know, that has a lot to do with journalists resources to cover certain stories but it may also have to do with journalists uh, you know individual choice editorial choices uh one of the great things about making the transition uh to APTN now is that uh you know i have a mandate now um which i'm really excited about uh to cover uh you know lots of different stories and there are some good news stories coming out of Newfoundland right now uh from the Mi'kmaq community so uh you know i'm just as eager to jump on those as i am to continue covering the enrollment controversy uh and there's and there's good stories probably that are that are coming out of the whole enrollment controversy as well because it is a a large group of people um individually and collectively exploring um their indigeneity and there are you know wonderful things about that so i i expect that even with the enrollment story there are going to be good stories uh that I'll be able to report on coming out of that but you're right like there's there's lots of wonderful things happening within the Mi'kmaq community in Newfoundland and I I, I do look forward to to telling those stories to a national audience.
0: Yeah and I I I guess the other significant thing about uh, Mi'kmaq is that uh, regardless of um of how many people uh are actually uh determined to be members of the band uh, I don't think anyone is expecting great things from the appeal process so it'll probably be around uh, just over 20,000 people or so who will be car carrying members of the Halapu band but even even then with those numbers and with uh, uh most Mi'kmaq people in Atlantic Canada will be in Newfoundland so um i guess as as things go forward and uh and we move away from the enrollment process per se that the perhaps the politics of uh Mi'kmaq politics in Atlantic Canada will change as a result of uh just sheer numbers
1: well there's no doubt that they're going to change they're going to continue to change they already have um you know i mean the grand council and uh on the mainland in nova scotia um you know have already uh had to address this issue and um again as a as a journalist um you know whose uh you know mandate is going to be to cover this and other stories uh i'll be in the position to make sure that um that the stories are told uh, you know responsibly and fairly and uh, my goal really is to make sure that all you know uh that various perspectives um are heard because uh, regardless of how controversial the story is uh i think we can uh you know uh we can look to the sacred teachings in in if we if we ever need a kind of a reminder of how we should be conducting ourselves um responsibly and uh, respectfully so uh, my goal, I think, with this uh, with this ongoing story, which is already controversial and could become more controversial, is just to make sure that uh, there is as uh, open and respectful uh, a dialogue going forward as possible.
0: What do you think it'll be like uh, for you covering uh, Mi'kmaq issues in the uh, in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, PEI, coming from uh, Western Newfoundland, um, in light of the fact that uh, shall we say that uh, inter mikmaq familiar relations aren't uh, uh are somewhat troubled uh between uh, the various parts of mcmagi do you think people will look at you with some skepticism coming from western newfoundland
1: uh it's possible i mean i can't speak for anybody else um it's possible and uh you know the the my sources and the subjects people who i who I interview have every right to regard me uh, however they like. I mean a big part of being a journalist is earning people's respect. You have to prove yourselves. Uh, there are many, many reasons for uh people regardless of their background uh, or ethnicity to uh be skeptical or wary of uh of journalists, particularly particularly in the indigenous context in Canada. Um but uh, I look forward to the challenge and the opportunity uh, to earn people's uh, respect and trust. That's that's exactly what I had to do when I went to Labrador la- last year to cover the Muskrat Falls protest. It was my first time in Labrador. I had to meet the members of the community and uh, and let them know who I was and uh, you know that I wanted to tell their stories uh, as uh, as uh, respectfully and responsibly as possible. So um, so I imagine in in many ways the the the, uh, the challenge to me will be very similar.
0: Now you mentioned Muskrat Falls uh, and you've done a lot of coverage on Muskrat Falls. Uh will you uh I suppose you'll you'll be on that story and uh flying from Halvash, Deer Lake to Goose Bay um uh frequently uh, as the when you get into the new job what uh what are your your expectations on covering that story?
1: Well I'm definitely going to continue covering Muskrat Falls. Uh you know, I've watched um uh, over the past year since the occupation ended um you know it, it, media have you know continued to cover the story, but there hasn't been the same kind of coverage since uh in terms of quantity and quality I think since the uh since the protests last fall and i've I've heard people online from Labrador on social media voicing their sort of uh you know dismay or uh displease with the you know people feel that they're not being heard so i'm I'm following that closely and I will be in Labrador soon. Uh, to do some follow-up stories and uh, another great opportunity that APTN is going to be affording me is that, uh, you know, before when I went up to cover the protest for the independent, uh, you know, we had to crowdfund online uh, to get up there and it wasn't something that we could repeatedly do. So when, when the need arises, I'll be able to travel up to Labrador with the support of APTN now.
0: Yes. Sir, so you were in Winnipeg for uh, one more week of training. When when can we expect to see you on APTN on on the TV screen? And um, what uh, do you know yet? What story you will be covering first uh, as the APTN Atlantic correspondent?
1: Yeah, my first assignment is actually to go to Labrador, so <laughs> I'll be up there to cover uh, Justin Trudeau's. Apology to residential school survivors in Labrador. And while I'm up there, I'll be doing some updates on Muskrat Falls. So that's just a couple of weeks away now. And uh but you'll be seeing me before then. Um before I was hired at APTN, they actually uh came to my home in Benoit's Cove to interview me. Trina Roach did uh uh she's now with the APTN investigates team as I mentioned earlier, and so their next episode, next Friday is about the uh, Muskrat Falls protests and the injunction so of course uh, so she had, she traveled to Labrador to interview uh, land protectors and elders and people who are facing uh, charges for their participation in the protests but she also came to see me to talk about how the uh, charges against me as a journalist uh, have affected uh, you know have affected me personally and professionally and stuff so so I'm going to be on APTN before my first reports come uh, come out in a couple of weeks. So I'll be as a subject.
0: Well, Justin, you know. uh, congratulations once again, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be watching you. Thanks, a lot, Glenn. Justin Brake, the new Atlantic correspondent for APTN. Before we go, a word about our special live event this coming Thursday, November 16th, which you can attend in person or catch on Bay of Islands Radio. Details on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. It takes place in the atrium of their Arts and Science Building at Grenfell Campus. Please arrive no later than 5.45pm for the 6pm live broadcast. Looking forward to seeing many of you there. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on SoundCloud or iTunes. Tune in on Bay of Islands Radio, BOIR.ca, on Thursday at 6 p.m. And now at 100.1 FM in Cornerbrook and the Bay of Islands. And in Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, listen on The Voice of Bombay, Tuesday at 2 p.m., 95.9 and 98.1. FM. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.